Hello, everyone. I'm Jose Betancourt, and you're listening to Cheese, a photography podcast. So Fuji currently has a few sales going on. If you're looking for the Fuji X-T30 or the Fuji X-T3, you're in luck. They're on sale. Also, if you're looking to get into medium format, the Fuji GFX 50R is also on sale for $3,500. It normally retails for $4,500. So you're getting $1,000 off on a 50 megapixel medium format camera, which is awesome. I own it. I love it. It is absolutely great. And here's the kicker. If you want to really be compact with medium format and you want a camera that you can walk around and a lens combo, the 50 millimeter F3.5 is also on sale for $499, which normally retails at $1,000. So if I were you and I was on the fence about a Fuji GFX, I'm telling you, get the Fuji GFX 50R, unless you can afford the Fuji GFX 100, get the Fuji GFX 50R with the 50mm f3.5. You can get both of them for $3,999. That is amazing. I'm telling you, that's what I paid for the camera body itself, for the GFX 50R. So why is Fuji doing this? It's not out of the kindness of their hearts. Believe me, but the 50R and the GF 50 millimeter is basically the ideal combination. And if you want to take a medium format camera with you wherever you go, this is a beautiful combination. The autofocus speed on the 50 millimeter is way better than that of the 45 millimeter. And I love the 45 millimeter F 2.8, but the 50 millimeter, when it comes to autofocus speed, it is snappy and quiet. Now, does that mean that it's a better lens than the 45 millimeter? I'd say no. There is a reason why there's a huge price gap between the 45 and the 50 millimeter. The 45 millimeter is currently, I believe, $1,700, whereas, once again, the 50 millimeter is $499. So the autofocus is better, the size, weight, it's more ideal for walking around for long hours, but I am not opposed to taking my 45 millimeter F 2.8 everywhere with me. I have. So will I keep the 50 millimeter? I believe so. Also the Speedmaster 65 millimeter 1.4 by Miticom. It is also on sale for under $600. And that just the, the capability of having 1.4 Having that much light in in combination with a medium format camera, it, it is so tempting to just return to 50 millimeter and go with the 65 1.4, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm so tempted. So I'm trying to find excuses as to why I should keep the 50 millimeter with me. And every time I pick up my Fuji GFX 50R and the 50 millimeter is attached to it, I am reminded that when those two are combined, that you have high resolution and portability, and that it's an incredible thing because the Fuji GFX 50R can produce some amazing, some amazing, amazing, amazing photos. I am not over-exaggerating about that. I'm telling you. The Fuji GFX 50R and the Fuji GF 50mm 3.5, they are a combination that was meant to be. So at $4,000, you can get both. And Fuji also announced that the X100V will be released in March. 
and that there is also going to be an announcement later this month about the Fuji X-T4. Now, going back to the X100F, I'd have to say that that camera looks just spectacular. It is so small, but everything that is uh, said to be in that camera, I saw a bunch of reviews, and it's amazing that the, it has such great video capability. That is one thing that a lot of people haven't talked about because the 100V is aimed at photography, but just the video capability that is inside that small body, it's just amazing what Fuji is doing. Also, the 100V has the same sensor on the X-Pro3 and that of the X-T3. The 23mm lens that is on it is redesigned and a lot faster. It's said to be similar to the 23mm f2, which I had that lens, and it is fast. I'm, talk I'm talking about fast and autofocus. And so if that's the case, wow, you have a very powerful combination. Would I pick one up? Most likely not. For the simple fact that I love my GFX 50R so much that it would, it would basically sit around collecting dust next to the Fuji X-H1, which is a shame because the Fuji X-H1 is still a fantastic camera. But the 100V is a technical marvel. Just all that is packed into that little camera body is an achievement in itself. So kudos to Fuji for bringing out something that is just going to sell out everywhere. That, that camera is going to be so popular. It might even interfere with sales for the X-Pro3. And as I stated earlier, there's uh, supposed to be an announcement later this month for the X-T4. So we don't know what, exactly what's going to be in that camera body and how it's going to look. If it's going to look similar to an X-H1, as I mentioned before, or if it's going to stick to the X-T body style. So we'll see because Fuji is currently on a roll. And it seems like mostly everything, I'd say 95% of everything they bring out is an absolute hit. They even show the roadmap for upcoming GF lenses. And there's a possibility that GF owners or GFX owners will see their first lens that is under F2. And we're talking about the possibility of a 80 millimeter f 1.7 lens that would be absolutely insane and expensive and huge that would be a huge piece of glass now i would probably never be able to afford that but i would love to see that in the market that's going to be absolutely incredible now what have i been up to as far as my photography journey i did my first full portrait session. I did it outdoors with natural light. Now the lighting was really harsh, so that was a challenge in itself. And of course I was using my Fuji GFX 50R. I even used a Nikon 105 to, uh, actually it's a, a 105 millimeter F 2.5 vintage lens. I used that for a little bit, but then I went to my 45 millimeter F 2.8. And let me tell you, it, it, it was something that is out of my comfort level, but I enjoyed the challenge. And afterwards, when I saw the end results and I was able to edit everything and send it to the client, they were really happy. And I was even more ecstatic because I didn't think I had it in me. 
and it's not because I can't do the photography. It's just uh, from a creative standpoint, because I like to walk around on my own. And as I stated earlier, I like to take photos of scenery, not just people and architecture. I like to combine the two. I don't necessarily have any type of structure when I go out. I just go according to whatever's in my surroundings. So trying to implement that with an individual, and this is not a model that I was working with. It was for a business. And so we had to coordinate together so that we can see what he was comfortable with and what I was capable of doing. And together we combined ideas and we were able to have a successful photo shoot, one that I was really happy with. And most importantly, the client was really happy with. So when you do good work, you will get return customers and references. So that is what I'm hoping to get with this particular client. So let's see. And until then, I'll just keep working on my technique. One thing I've really been focusing on, no pun intended, is learning lighting with flash. I own a Photox 8200 and I can't use it all the time. Now, because of an injury that I had at work, I still have uh, concussion symptoms. So Anything with a flash, any bright light will make me dizzy and give me a headache. So I learned that the hard way when I first got my AD200. I was taking photos of something and the flash just threw me off, made me sick for the entire day. So I have to be very careful when I use it, basically close my eyes and look away. But I've been practicing, number one, because I want to get better by using flash. Number two, I want to see how far I'm progressing in healing from my injury. But one thing I have been using, I have been using action figures as subjects to practice lighting techniques. Now, this is not going to mimic someone, uh, a human <laughs> standing in front of me, and it's not going to give me the results of having harsh light outside. This is more of a controlled studio lighting set type environment, but I've been purposely opening the window shades whenever the sun is really harsh in the background. So I will focus or I will set my exposure for that harsh light out the window. And of course it, the subject would be basically blacked out. So that's where I would use my AD 200 and try to figure out settings according to the exposure I have. I don't have a light meter, not yet, but I will get one. So I'm just practicing that because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm going to experience that with a paying client. And then I'm experimenting and trying to figure out the proper technique to take uh, and try to balance out a harsh, a harshly lit background and a, a poorly lit subject. So I'm trying to get that going as, as, as swiftly as possible. And I'm just practicing, practicing, practicing. And, uh, I advise you to do the same if you're starting out like I am. And before I go, I want to thank John and Jens for joining me last week. It was a great episode. And I do apologize to those fellows because, because of my injury, my head injury, I got hit with a 16 pound object, uh, about a foot above my head. So, there are times where I cannot hold a conversation and it was pretty evident. I had to do a lot of editing uh, just to make myself sound presentable. And I was really frustrated when listening to it. So there was no way I was going to present that to you guys and just, and it was such 
a, a very fortunate situation for me because I had two very awesome individuals carrying me on last week's episode. So for those that listened to the episode, thank you very much. And once again, thank you to Jens and John because they totally carried the show for me. Um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. And so when I listen to myself stuttering or losing thought, and unfortunately because of my head injury, it just happens way more than I, I think in my head. And, uh, right now I'm probably doing the same thing. So I do apologize in advance, but again, I thank everyone for supporting the podcast. I know the name is quote unquote cheesy and that's on purpose. And everyone says cheese when they're taking photos. So that is why I named it uh, like that. Uh, the format will change. You got a glimpse of that last week with John on the show. Hopefully we can get Jeffrey and Matthew on. Those are the other hosts that I plan to have on this podcast. They are very, very interesting individuals, classy gentlemen, and great photographers in their own right. So you guys will enjoy them as much as I do. I can't, I can't wait to have us all together. I'm going to have a blast talking to those guys. That's for sure. And you're going to have a great time listening to, to what they have to say. So I'm going to wrap it up. As always, I am Jose Betancourt. I thank you for listening to Cheese, a photography podcast, and I will talk to you next week.